0: Welcome to the Hidden Healing Podcast. Thank you for stopping by to take a listen. I have a few questions for you. Did you grow up with a lot of adverse childhood experiences? Do you live in the toxic stress of fight or flight, feeling constantly triggered by things that make you feel unsafe? Well, you're in the right place. Listen in as I share stories and lessons from my journey in healing from complex PTSD. Listening to this podcast will help you learn to retrain your nervous system so that you feel safe and experience fewer triggers, and learn how overfunctioning no longer serves you, and how the key to healing lies in your identity and your somatic recovery. I hope you enjoy this episode. Glad you joined me today. Um, today's podcast is kind of off the cuff. It's Sunday night. It's the night that I normally would record my podcast, My podcast, and I find myself um, in a house alone, so it's a perfect time. One of the issues with this podcast is that it's really hard to find a quiet time when I'm able to do the recording, um, and so it's nice to surprisingly find myself in a position alone and able to record. Um, So in today's podcast, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, kind of like a new epiphany I've had about myself in my life. And, um, you know, after the accident with the motorcycle, it's been, this is seven weeks. So next week, at the end of next week, will be two months since the accident happened. And it's kind of interesting because I find myself and um, the nervous system state of freeze where I can't seem to get a lot done and I have a lot going on that I want to get done and it seems like nothing's getting done so I find myself asking like is this the freeze uh, fight fight flight freezer or fawn or is this like Sometimes we go into like a nesting healing mode where we contract and really spend a lot of time with ourselves. Um, But I think it's mostly being in the free state um, because I don't feel like I have a lot of growth going on. And I haven't been able to do a lot of the, uh, you know, um, mindful attentive healing that I would like to do for my nervous system and so after the accident um, there was a lot of stress in my body and I did get to cry as I mentioned last week um, there was a couple of times that I really cried it out and last Sunday I was able to cry it out with a friend all the stress that I feel like I'm holding and so it's really good but not really doing the deep work myself and so I'm trying to look at my situation trying to see okay so maybe you're frozen um what are the good things that are happening what are the what's different than in the past when you would have these things so first off let's start with how I know when my body how do I know when my body um, and nervous system and mind and whole self is just shut down and not able to move forward And so, in the past, when I would shut down, I would not be able to do a lot. Um, I would have to have an incident a lot of times, like the sneezing and the runny nose or something like that, that would just exhaust me and, you know, lay me out. Or else I would um, be uh, with a sinus headache, um, which... I know that sometimes if this is a new thought to you, it's going to sound crazy, but my sinus headaches have been always very emotional. Some people get emotional migraines. Some people, um, have fibromyalgia, all of those type of things that are, um, like you can't put your finger on it and say, oh, this is what I have. I have cancer or I have, you know, um... I don't know what other one other things are but you know the kind of illnesses that are you cannot describe a lot of times that are tied in with emotion and so for me I would have to have one of those events um to lay me out or else um and usually that was the case and then I'd find myself watching just loads of TV um binge watching things episodes and being able to count in hours how much time I have spent watching television, and um, not doing the cooking, not doing the cleaning, and all of those things. So um, I think I mentioned it last time, and I I do have um, I did make, and it was largely for myself um, a crisis planner. So what happens when I find find myself in crisis? When I find myself in really, you know, deep, dark hole, and how do I get out of that? And so um, I have really studied this for myself, what it looks like, so that I cannot find myself in a place like that. Um, and so I'm able to see, okay, you, you usually have an illness. You usually watch a lot of television. Um, you usually stop cooking and cleaning. You usually don't take a shower for three days, you know. All of these type of things. One Another one is brushing the teeth. Um, instead of brushing your teeth twice a day, morning and night, you brush your teeth once a day or you skip a day of brushing your teeth. So I'm able to see these things that I do. Now here is the journey to healing. And, and one of the differences that I'm noticing this time around for myself is that I'm brushing my teeth. I'm getting dressed every day. I'm showing up for a job where I work 40 hours a week, and I'm showing up to work every day. Um, uh, my house is staying cleaner, which is kind of a group effort, not just on me. That's another difference. The house is staying cleaner, and I'm not going around yelling at everyone, but instead people are chipping in. Um I'm still, this week, I started back to exercising since the accident with my son. I have not um, exercised at all. In fact, I want to say maybe I've had a few days with a thousand steps. But since my job is sitting at a desk, um, answering phones, I don't get up and move a lot. So this past week, I exercised three times. I went to the gym twice and walked outdoors one time. And so moving my body, that is different. And so there is a lot of differences, but I still find that I'm not doing the forward thinking, um, you know, doing my coaching or course making and uh, some other side gig endeavors. I'm not doing those things and I'm not, um, very socially active. Um, so, there's a lot of differences that I'm seeing in myself this time. And the hole doesn't feel as dark or as deep. So all of those things are good. I can count in hours how much TV I've watched. Um, so in the past, you know, hmm, I wouldn't be surprised if I watched like uh, during a deep depression, dark deep, dark depression, if I watched like five or six hours of TV in one day. Um and now I can say I'm watching probably tops ten hours um, television this week, and so in the past couple of weeks, so it's not quite as bad. I'm more of a podcast listener. Um, I do a lot of podcasts, a lot of um, like Bible videos, things like that, and uh, and so this past since I've been feeling kind of depressed, I've been doing a lot more of just like Netflix or um, things like that. So yeah, I am noticing a lot of differences, um, noticing a lot of good things. And so trying to dig myself out of this little hole that I'm in. And so what I've noticed um, is that it helps when I count the good that I do. So I have a calendar hanging on the wall and I write my work schedule on it. So the family knows what that is. And I, I, Um, took some time this past couple days to write down the good things that I did so that I can see them and see you're not completely frozen. Yes, you slow down. Yes, you're not doing as much as you were, but you're still not completely frozen. So that feels really good to me. Um, that, that gives me hope that, you know, I'm not back where I was in the past with my depression or anything like that. And it's nice to see the huge difference. So um, one of the days that I walked, my husband and I um, are trying to intentionally spend more time together. Um, and one of the things that we do is we walk. Um, he, he's a coal miner. So, I mean, he he uh, clocks in miles a day walking. And um, I mean, like on a, a small day, he probably walks five miles a day. Um, and on a really heavy work night, he'll walk you know, twice that and carrying hundred pound um, parts and tools and stuff for the stuff he has to repair. So walking a mile to him um, is no big deal. So on Saturday, we decided to walk over to our local coffee shop. And uh, we went, we walked over there and uh, spent some time together. And like always happens every time we spend time walking together, we talk. And it really helps us because we seem, like, if we're driving, if we're walking, we seem to really talk smoothly and well and not be offended by what each other says and be really um, just more more in sync and in tune with each other than when we're having conversations in the house and feeling really stressed about everything. So, it's always a blessing when we do that. But um, we were walking and I walked a route that I had not walked before. And it was, um, by a school that had a chain link fence up and it was interesting because it was kind of like a little flashback. And I started describing to him when I was, um, the house that I was born at, um, not I wasn't born at a house, I was born at a hospital, but where I lived growing up for the first six years of my life, I believe, um, and definitely when I started school, kindergarten, first grade, second grade, um, <laughs> this, uh, we lived in a, a cul-de-sac, and the, it was kind of, like, in a corner, so there was, like, maybe, like, four houses, um, and then I think most of them were, like, touching on sides, but each person owned their own, and then there was, like, three on the, it was, like, an L, kind of, but on the far side, there was, um, My uncle lived there and with his uh, girlfriend, and um, I always said they were her kids, but as I started thinking about it, um, my mom didn't call him my uncle, even though he was my dad's brother, and she didn't call the kids my cousin, and so I always assumed they weren't, but I believe they're still together to this day, so I kind of think they are my cousins, but you know... um, just the past, my mom's abusive relationship with my dad. So maybe that's why I think that was the case. Um, But anyways, right next to their house, their property, um, was this chain link fence. And I would, um, when we were little, we would just jump up. We could walk. Yeah, we could walk to the opening where they had the gate. But we would just jump over the fence, especially if we were late to school. And, um, and uh, we would just jump the fence and and that was the school property right there. We'd be on like the basketball courts and then we would just walk, you know, 200 feet into the doors. Um, but it brought up so many memories that, that I hadn't had in a long time or hadn't thought about. And so it was, it was just really interesting. And so I was like, you know, something, and I just started talking about it. And I said, something that's interesting is that my mom used to make us go to school when we were little and we were scheduled and stuff. And she was really depressed at that time. Um, my mom, had a lot of depression just really her whole life. And I said, but some reason when we moved to Sacramento, we weren't, we weren't at school. We missed all the school and stuff. And so, you know, sometimes your memories when you're a child Um, especially when, when you're raised with a lot of child adverse childhood experiences, a lot of stress, the memories are just not accurate or right, but that's kind of what I was thinking. That's kind of what I remembered. Um, never remember getting in trouble for attendance or anything like that until, until I was older, um, until we actually moved North and, um, I started thinking about it and then I was like, Oh, that makes sense. I said the reason my mom had to get us to school when we moved is because um, or the reason she didn't have to get us to school when we moved is in between living there and going to school and then um, getting our own place up north. um, There was a time period for several months where we lived with my grandmother and my grandmother is kind of like a disciplinarian. Well, she's not a disciplinarian to all of the kids. But anyways, to my mom's kids, she was. To the rest of my cousins, she was not. But to us, she was. And, um, so this is Sacramento summertime, you know, 90 degrees is a normal day. We get heat waves up to 120, maybe 117. Maybe I'm exaggerating. Anyways, it's been a long time since I lived there. And, um, so my grandma... Um, she's the one who wanted us to move to Sacramento. And so we stayed with her uh, for several months while my mom was getting on her feet and collecting the money for down payment and on and on. And my grandma, literally, we would wake up. And since it was summer, um, we would wake up and we would get to eat a bowl of cereal at the kitchen table. Um, And then we would be put in the garage and we had a little black and white TV that was probably like, I don't know, the little black and white TVs there were more square. But I'm going to say the the screen that we watched is probably like maybe 14, 15 inches. And, um, and we had that little black and white TV. And then uh, we had a little area we could sit in. But it was full of like, you know, she had a pool table in there. Because my grandma used to have really swanky kind of parties with all her friends and stuff. Um, and so we had a little area where we could like sit and watch the television, and she had some game board games and stuff out there. And that was our day. We like literally that was how we spent it. And then at dinner time, we could come in, and my grandma would make us, um, after dinner go take showers and get in our pajamas, and then we could watch TV with the adults for one hour, and then we were sent to bed. So I realized that between the time that I was In second grade and then the time that I started third grade I learned how to not be seen I learned how to be quiet and stay out of trouble um, because trouble meant that my grandma would you know fight with my mom or that my mom would cry or all these things and so we learned how to be invisible and so when my mom got into her own place we already knew the trick of being invisible so that she wouldn't make us go to school or anything like that. And so she did of course think that school was important. So she did try at first, but then, you know, we would fight her. And then as long as we stayed out of her hair, she would let us stay home a lot, but it kind of like broke me down into tears a little bit while I was describing this to my husband and this realization was kind of rolling out as I was talking about it. Um, Because really, I had already learned how to not be seen because there was so much trouble in the neighborhood we lived in. And my mom taught us that, um, you know, we had to keep our noses clean, stay out of trouble, be quiet because, you know, we we um, didn't want to cause any trouble. Um, And, you know, we lived in a really not great neighborhood. Um, And so we understood and took that serious. And then there were multiple times we had break-ins in our home when we were home and, um, different things that happened that were like, you know, semi-violent offenses in front of us. And so we learned how to be quiet for that purpose. And then we learned how to be quiet so that my grandma and my mom wouldn't fight or so that my grandma wouldn't, um, be verbally or physically abusive to us. And, um, and here I am trying to do something public, like make a podcast during this really stressful time in my life. And, uh, I find myself afraid to be seen again. And so I think that's one of the struggles with having listening to a podcast with a host who's healing from complex PTSD is that I find myself irregular. Um, I can't tell you how grateful I am, though, for times like... That when I'm, when I'm walking or, or doing something and a memory comes up, like a core memory comes up. And it's so important because it was a huge defining moment in my life that gave me a meaning that this is, this is the whole, the whole crux of what happens with people who are raised with a lot of childhood experiences. We have our adolescent brain trying to make sense of things that are going on in our life and, and, um, our adolescent brain is not mature enough to understand. And we don't have people around us that are talking about the things that are going on. And so we end up with meanings that served us when we were young and it served me to be quiet. It served me not to have my grandma berate me or not to have my grandma get violent, which she was um, even towards my mom as a young adult, my grandma would become very violent. Um, And so, um, you know, It did serve me. But now, uh, as a grown woman who's 50 years old, it no longer serves me to try to make myself invisible. In fact, what I crave is connection with people. What I crave is um, having individuals be able to see me and to be able to see other people. And so having that connection is so important for me. Um, So that no longer serves me. And I'm glad that came up because it allows me to take some time to journal about it, to talk to you about it, to talk to my husband about it, to get these feelings out and create a new meaning around what it means to be seen and how now it is safe for me to be seen. I think that that is what the healing looks like when you're healing from complex trauma, because we can't, you know, there's like capital T trauma that hopefully by now we've all dealt with, you know, because, you know, as soon as you have the knowledge that you need to deal with that, if you haven't already, take some time and, and deal with that. But then we have all these other little tea traumas, like seeing my grandma become physically abusive to my mom um, or my cousin, one of my cousins, um, because she was uh, my grandma was. Um, the kind of person who plays favoritisms and is just sugary sweet to one person and then hateful towards another. But my grandma also had her own weird demons. And so even though one of my cousins was her precious prized possession, and um she, you know, raised most of my cousins, <laughs> at least for several years for each of them, um, even though he was her prized possession, she would do emotionally abusive and physically abusive things to him that we couldn't save him from, you know? And, uh, because I was a child, that's why (laughs) like I have to remind myself of that. See, this is how, this is how my child mind I'm older than my cousin. And I keep like, why didn't I do something? Yeah, because I was a child. (laughs) So this is how this stuff comes up. This is how we process it. This is the work that is so hard. And it's always so important to to do this work. But what I find is that it's important to have other people who have shared experiences or can talk about, even if it's a little different, something that they've gone through. Because it makes you feel connected and normal. It makes you know that, hey, you're not the only one, you know. It makes you feel like, hey, if they can do it, I can do it too. In fact, I have a friend Um, who I've met an acquaintance that I met online in, in a group that she was doing a speech in. And then, um, I did get to have a couple of social gatherings online with her. And, um, she in fact just wrote a book, um, and, uh, for dummies that's selling on Amazon currently. Um, I believe it's about like taking a sabbatical. I'll have to double check that, but I'll include that in the, in the show notes, hopefully. Um, but, i I reached out to her and um because she was home here in West Virginia for uh, a break um to see her family and uh she she has her own business um she's probably twenty years younger than me, but I'm just so inspired by her because of all of the successful things that she's done, and she had a really hard situation growing up um and so um I see her like doing healing and helping other people do kinds of healing work. And, uh, it just, it just inspires me. So I reached out to her and said, Hey, if you get bored, let me know, because I would love to have lunch, you know? Um, because just to like rub shoulders with people who are doing things that are helping other people, inspiring other people, and that they had to rise themselves up to do those things. They had to grow and change and learn to do those things and see that to me is community that we all need. And, and that's why I have this podcast, and I look forward to the future when I can create that kind of community where we can all get together. Um, and you know, a lot of my friends are virtual, and um, a lot of the some of the communities I belong to—not a lot, but some of them are virtual—and um, it just gives me a lot of healing and a lot of other people around like me who are on the same path to the becoming emotionally healthy and healing from complex trauma. So just want you to think about that. And um, I wonder if everyone who is listening to this has a method of doing the same kind of work, um, looking at the same kind of things in life that come up and being able to sit down and journal about them and do that kind of thing. And also How important it is to look at how much we've grown, how things are different, Um, even little things that are different, like the depression that I'm in right now is not as deep and dark as it would have been even a year ago. And that to me is exciting. That to me is very exciting. So I think that's all I got for today. And I don't really intend for this to be like a like a diary (laughs) or like a a personal vlog follow me but also it's so important to see what other people are doing so you can know that you're normal and know that the path that you're on is is okay and that there are other people like you because we got to get rid of the shame associated around having grown up that way and maybe having like triggers in our life that keep us kind of limited sometimes or having emotional Um, things kind of trigger illnesses in us and all of that stuff. Because like, if you look around, there's a lot of, a lot more people like us than there are not like us. And so it's just, it's okay. And we, I really believe that if we heal together as a community, um, we'll each lift each other up more and more instead of, you know, hiding in shame. So That's what I'm about. (laughs) I appreciate you showing up for this podcast, even though right now it is a little sporadic. I absolutely love this podcast and I don't want to give up on it. So here I am. And hopefully I will be back in two weeks and make another episode. Again, I appreciate you. And you're always, please always reach out if you have any questions or any messages or just need to be seen and heard. I'm happy to be there for you.